Crossed Paws by Mark A. Criley Narrated by R.J. Bailey Most of the meat was already rotted off. I stuck it out in the yard for a couple days, so the ants had cleaned it out. I read you could do that. I imagined punching Penson in the throat. He crossed his arms, leaned back against the lower tailgate. A full head taller than me and wiry, he wore a backwards ball cap, faded jeans, and a dirty sweatshirt with happy paper products stenciled across a line drawing of a toilet paper roll. Thirty years ago, the jumble of struts, cords, and 3D-printed composites, which were laid out on his gouged and rusted pickup truck bed, cost twenty times what I made in a year. I needed an intact all-new cranial case. While they're hard-sealed against dust and pests, thirty years is a long time. I needed it working. Maisie needed it working. Still works, though, even though it's all busted up. Penson picked up a small, black-clad battery pack, jammed it just under the all-news tail, the manufacturer's idea of rude humor, and grinned as he thumb-screwed it in until it clicked. He toggled the power switch between the gray composite shoulder blades. The front right leg, its carbon fiber cabling still intact, stretched out all the way to the polyacrylic toenails. The other legs, missing the cables, just flopped. The all-new struggled to get to its feet, got the working foreleg under its chest, but the uncabled legs tangled it, pulled it off balance, back onto its side. It kept trying to get them under its body, and kept tipping. Okay, enough, I said. The all-new stopped struggling. Penson looked at me and chuckled. He laced his fingers into the mesh metal ribcage and lifted it off the pickup bed. A meter long, nose to tail, it was the mid-size Border Collie Dalmatian model. Once orderable with an off-the-shelf standard dog form, or with a custom-designed and grown biological embodiment. Three of the four legs swayed beneath it. Penson bobbed it in front of me. She's a good dog, don't you think? The all-news neck servos whined as it lifted its head, turned its visual sensors, the eyeball organics long gone, to me. The brow actuators on the forehead chittered as they shifted non-existent brows. Some old lady died. Everything got estate auctioned. This was in an old shed. Probably had been there twenty years. Penson smirked and turned the all-new to face him. Who's a good dog? It raised its dented, all-factory mesh, nose towards him. Just before contact, Penson tossed it back into the truck bed. I jerked forward. Whoa there, Penson said as he stepped between me and the lower tailgate. You want it? You can have it. He squinted. Five hundred. I flushed. Your ad said four. Yeah, well, supply and demand. He flashed a toothy, enamelized smile. And besides... You obviously got a soft spot for the land of misfit toys. So this little botnik is worth a premium entrance fee 
if it's going to your land of happy happy. So 500, you got it? If not, I got places to go, bots to barter. One breath, two breaths. Let it go, let it go. My clenched jaw ached, and now aggravation throbbed against my forehead. On my mobile, I stiffly swiped a hundred out of the grocery stash, added it to wallet, back to rice and bananas. I tapped the wallet transfer over to Penson. He grinned, then stuck the mobile in his back pocket, shoved the all-new back into a box, and slid it onto the tailgate. All yours, he said. Sorry it doesn't all work. Everything wears out eventually. Acrid, vinegary dog poop smell hit me as I banged through the garage side door, my front door, with the cardboard boxed all new. Can't blame Maisie if I'm not there to take her outside. It's cold in the mornings, and I'm giving her 24-7 warmth in her final days. I'm sorry, girl, I said. I'll get you cleaned up in a sec. She didn't lift her head from the blanket-covered tarp, but the tail thumped. I sat the broken all-news box on my workbench. I filled a bucket with hot water and baby soap in the galvanized laundry basin, threw in a rag, and carried it over to Maisie with a couple of towels. I pushed tarry chunks into a dustpan with a wooden spoon. Of course, they reminded me of the all-new battery pack, which reminded me of Penson. I dropped the poop in the curtained-off toilet and flushed. I washed Maisie's tail end and shifted her onto a sun-dried blanket and sheet, balled up the soiled ones and set them outside, then yanked up a window to air out my cramped, converted garage apartment. Fourteen years ago, Maisie became my first big responsibility. And now... She's my last. I didn't go looking for a dog back then, but she came looking for me. I chased her off a few times, but she wouldn't take the hint. Finally, as I dozed on a refurbed Adirondack chair in a cicada-serenaded summer dusk, she who became Maisie settled at my feet, literally laid her head across them, and became my dog. She wore her brown coat and white belly like those old caramel and cream swirly candies. A Georgia peach pit bull is what I told people who asked. It fit her. Forty pounds of bull-headed sweetness. Long, black-tipped nose mirrored by black-tipped tail. Brown eyes that saw into your soul made you rethink the compromises you make to live your life. The black spots sprouted 18 months ago. Aggressive oral melanoma. Dog cancer. Puffy black tumors on her lips. Best, most effective treatment? Cut them out. Burn them with lasers. But they're malignant, and they spread and keep spreading, and you ask yourself, how much of your best, most obstinate friend do you cut away to keep the rest? When are you no longer doing it for her? She trusts you, goes along with you, 
because that's how dogs are. We'd hiked the hills, she set the pace. We trekked regularly to our favorite tree, a gnarled cedar growing out of a cracked limestone slab. Somehow, its main root crossed four feet of barren rock to reach stony soil. It hung on. Maisie and I hung on while melanoma spread to her paws, little black mushrooms on her legs and between her toes, little black tumors. Cut and burn, cut and burn, leaving scarred skin and carved-out flesh. The hikes ended. When the vet said half her jaw had to go, Maisie and I decided it was too much. Her bark belied her size and was far worse than her non-existent bite. And though it had been silenced, she would not leave this world without it. I rubbed her forehead, stroked the gray muzzle, a few lonely brown hairs holding out till the very end. Maisie half slept, half watched with narrowed eyes as I dunked a cotton swab in alcohol and cleaned crud from the all-news access port. The black lesions on Maisie's lips, jaw, and toes continued their silent assault. Furless patches of scarred skin sprouted black beads, pinhead to dime size. It was inside her now, too. I plugged a cable from the neural transputer rack into the all-new, ran diagnostics. It read pristine, no aftermarket mods. I released the breath I'd held all day. Mods can't be uninstalled, and factory resetting a neural network required the master pattern, long since lost or locked up in some bomb-proof corporate vault. Physically, this one was... okay. I could fix struts and cables, but I needed a working canine processing unit, a CPU for the brain, and I needed Maisie for the soul. A flash of anger flared at whoever discarded this years-ahead-of-its-time engineering marvel. I directed that anger at Penson for dumping it in a cardboard box to hawk at some off-season fairgrounds flea market. A chit against my freelance nanoware engineering mark had provided funds for four more kilocore neural transputers, fresh nanites for Maisie and the chips and bits for a high-bandwidth, two-way command link. Maisie rolled onto her belly, panting, tongue lolling over blackened lips. She egged her way to her feet, stumbled to the water bowl for some noisy slurping. My transputer nanoprograms layered command protocols, neural interfaces, and packet transmission onto the all-new CPU's standard health monitoring, control scrums, and dog form self-repair functions. I programmed it to block the all-new specific nanite functions, since they're irrelevant to a real dog. Everything rested on these state-of-the-art nanites, deep-capturing Maisie's neural patterns. An AI driving subcellular nanites had never been tried in animals 
or humans, so far as I knew. This was straight-up molecular digital biology. In theory, AI plus nanites might cure anything from diabetes to stroke to cancer, or fix busted DNA, or mutate it, or do something bad. Something horrifically, uncontrollably bad. All I wanted was to capture a specific dog's synaptic pattern, to train an all-new, to think like a real dog. Maisie swayed back from the water bowl, plopped her butt on the floor, and eyed me. She might bootlock. Two past all-new attempts in the last six months rogued on me, left the CPUs locked and unrecoverable. Better transputers and nanites today, but I was risking Maisie's last day, last moments, her last awareness of herself, and of me. I slid to the floor in front of her, kneaded her forehead. I don't know, girl. It's a risk. She slipped back down to her belly, dropped her head to my lap, alternated eyebrow lifts, furrowed her forehead as I dithered. I just needed one good transfer. Maisie lay on the blanket, eyes closed, rasping out each breath. An ear twitched every few seconds. Those ears, her secret weapon, significantly aided her quest for a new home back then. Now, they perked out the slits in her pink bunny cap. In it, I'd woven a silver carbon nanotube mesh sensor array to pick up the signals. Before the sensors, before the cancer, Maisie wore the bunny cap as we hiked the hills. Grins and laughter split the faces of kids and parents alike when they saw her. Maisie loved laughter, never met a stranger. The bunny ears hung limp now. The stiffening rods interfered with the faint signals, so they had to go. I scritched her head under the edge of the cap and tickled her ears. She sighed. I double-checked my jury-rigged multiplexer, made sure the all-new was on the charger. Maisie's bunny cap was active, and the transfer program was ready. Maisie whimpered. Stretched out on her blanket, her paws twitched, ears flicked back and forth. Dreaming. Just dreaming. Chasing chipmunks in a pink bunny cap, one last time. I leaned back in my chair, took a deep breath, closed my eyes, opened them, stared at the dusty, cobwebbed, water-stained, acoustic-tiled ceiling. This was it. Her last day. Success or no, Maisie moves on. I tap the control pad to start the transfer. The all-new froze. Maisie dreamed. I scooted down onto the floor next to my dog, stroked her chin, she slid awake, flicked her ears, stretched her neck against my palm. 
cross-pawed her front legs. You and me both, I whispered. Maisie opened an eye, snorted, licked her lips, and went to sleep. I shivered awake. Morning sunlight from the open east-facing window blinded me. Oh, no. Lying next to Maisie. She wasn't breathing. She's gone. Silently slipped away. Gone now. I took her paw in my hand. Cool. Gone. I wrapped her in my arms gently, gently laid my cheek against the back of her neck. Still a latent bit of furry warmth. The heart pain started, flashed over, engulfed me for a time. Eventually, the prehistoric, visceral, primal smell of dog drew the shards of my mangled mind back together. I lifted my head from Maisie's wet fur, wet from tears and snot. I ached my way back onto my knees, all of me a beaten, twisted bag of meat and loss. I looked up at the all-new perched on the workbench, head down, resting posture, just like Maisie's. I took a deep breath, held it, let go. I drew a blanket over Maisie's still form, hoping, hoping, hoping. I laid a hand on the blanket that maybe, 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 she's not all gone. After the day warmed, I'd carry her up the hill, bury her next to our favorite tree. I stumbled around the workbench, fell into my chair. I woke the displays, tried to read them, wet text all blurred together. I dropped my head back, wiped my eyes again, blew my nose. Come on, get it together, I said. Maisie? Maisie, are you still there? No. No, 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 no. Words in the transfer log. Exfer complete. Data packets. Zero. Nothing transferred. Nothing to imprint on the all-new CPU. I heaved huge gulps of air, wordless wailing until I gasped out all my air. Oh, my face ached. The all-new popped up its head, cocked it towards me. Eyebrow actuators ticking. Power down, I snarled. Its head sunk alongside the one working paw, until the nose tapped the table. The faint whine of the servo motors spun down. Hot tears ran down my cheeks. Not a sound. Not a car. 
not a bird, not a bark. I check the programming, the nanite commands, the transputer connections. Everything worked as it should up until data packets zero. Numerous transputer to nanite command response bursts were logged, but no synaptic pattern data. I check the wiring, the mesh, the connections. Check the multiplex bundle splicing onto the sensor array. And found a cross-coded connection. Maisie's neural data packets went to ground instead of the transputer. Nothing got to the CPU. Nothing got imprinted. An easy fix now, but so what? Maisie was gone. I slid down to the floor, leaned against the workbench leg. Just blankness and silence in an empty garage apartment, an empty, lifeless space where a dog used to be. I remembered the all-new. It's not a real dog. It did nothing wrong. It didn't bootlock because nothing imprinted. I staggered to my feet, reached over and flicked it on. Its boot sequence started. I'd get the parts to fix it. Should be able to sell it. I heard a muted snuffle and caught movement out the corner of my eye. The all-new stretched out its right front leg. Something moved under Maisie's blanket. I dropped to a knee, drew back the blanket. Maisie stretched out each leg in turn. I heard clattering behind me on the bench. Glanced back. The all-new was working its way through the startup sequence. I turned back to Maisie as she awkwardly rolled onto her belly, opened her eyes. Her unfocused eyes suddenly went active, locked in on my face. She worked her jaw, the jaw the all-new lacked, then struggled to her feet. A little splayed, shaky, but up. She stretched, butt in the air, then pushed forward, extended each hind leg. Maisie sneezed. My brain spun. The all-new CPU, the nanites, the advanced bleeding-edge nanites. No data transferred, no actions, so they reverted to their default programming. Status control and bioform self-repair. Maisie locked onto my eyes, my very wet eyes, cocked her head. Her tongue slipped out. I dropped to all fours, squinted at her lips and jaw, lifted a paw. Bright red lines edged the tumors, which were now going wrinkled and gray. On the blanket, pinhead-sized, pepper flakes lay scattered. I rubbed Maisie's head, stroked her cheek. Her brown eyes were bright as she leaned into my hand. You have been listening to Crossed Paws by Mark A. Criley. Narrated by R.J. Bailey. Copyright Mark A. Criley, 2021. Production copyright Shoreline of Infinity. 2021.